Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Hey y'all, how y'all doing? So good to talk to you today. It's awesome. Hey listen, chat is open if you are so, uh, if, you're, if you're into that, our chat is very vibrant. Uh, it's a fun chat. It's very respectful chat. People are decent to one another. A lot of great information is shared there. So that's getting wound up now. Um, just so you know, uh, this is going to be a very, fa- very, very fast-paced show today, and uh, I'm glad that you joined us. So here are some ways that you can link into what I'm doing. I'm always told that I don't say this enough. So uh, I had a publicist once says, you're the worst self-promoter I ever met. And uh, I responded, well, that's what you're here for, but he didn't think that was funny. Anyway, all that said to say this, uh, today is going to be a rock and roll kind of day. Um, we have... Uh, where you're going to be able to reach me is what I was saying. Uh, TheNinjaPastor.com. TheNinjaPastor.com. Go to the blog section. That's where a lot of stuff is. Uh, you know, past shows, all that stuff right there. That's that's the place to go for it. So I'm excited to have you join us um, there. You know, put go to the blog section and comment, do stuff. It's a wide open blog section. So I want you to know that you're welcome there and you're encouraged to go there. I kind of say it how it is, how I see it. Uh, if you are offended by the politically correct, then uh, you just, uh, you probably, you probably, I don't know that this is necessarily the show for you, but uh, I will say this, that that's the way I do it. It's just the way I do it. So the other place that you can reach me is at, uh, at the Ninja Pastor which is on Twitter, at the Ninja Pastor, uh, com, D-R-S-H-A-W-N-G-R-E-E-N-E-R.com. And then on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash smgreener, or the God and Country Radio Show page. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram. I do a lot of pictures and stuff, photographs there. I'm kind of into photography a little bit. So what kind of t- title is today's show? It's State of the Union? United Kingdom and the Colonies. I ripped the lid off today. What powerful stuff are we going to talk about today? Well, the floods in West Virginia. We have a special report uh, from Bill Kohler. He's a United States Army veteran who's there on the ground right now. It's going to be a live report from uh, West Virginia. And you're going to hear the truth that you are not hearing on the mainstream mediocre, I mean media. We're going to talk about the liberal sit-in on the floor of Congress. We're going to talk about gun control, how they're talking about gun control. Instead, you know, 
there's a meme going around that I kind of like. It's a, a group of citizens protected by guns took over a federal building and said they wouldn't leave until their demands were met. Of course, you've got Congress people there. Uh, Elijah Cummins, you got a bunch of other folks there, and they say they're not leaving until their demands are met. Now, they took over a federal building. They're guarded by feds, and then it has a photograph of the great Lavoie Finicum. I guess it was a good thing they weren't in Oregon. Um, and I would say to you, and we're going to discuss this, why weren't the participants of this sit-in arrested for uh, disorderly conduct unbecoming? Why weren't they? You know, Joe Wilson was sanctioned for calling out Hussein Obama as the liar he is, but these leftists can sit in and nothing happens. <coughs> Jokes me right up. Nothing happens to, to them. He gets sanctioned, nothing happens to them. Uh, was obviously uh, an egregious situation. So the situation in Orlando, here's where it's going to get dicey for you. What really happened? Come on. For real, what really happened? The LGBT, by the way, this is interesting. The LGBTQX response to Islam uh, starting to turn. They're starting to turn. They're starting to get some some uh, weapons training and some other training. And then um, the other thing I want to say this, uh, I, this has been on my mind a lot. You know that speaking of Lavoie Finnicum, the, the government murdered an American patriot, Lavoie Finnicum. He was not violating the law, yet looters and rioters are permitted to run free to do their violence upon us. Why is that? Um, we're going to talk about the unabated advancement of Islam and invitation of their violence into our country by our government. Uh, invited immigration jihad. We're also going to talk a little bit about the blockbuster book uh, by the Secret Service agent, He's exposing Hillary Clinton for what she is. The book's title is Crisis of Character. I bought it today on the Kindle. Um, and uh, so I think it's going to be an important book for you to read. Why isn't Hillary Clinton under arrest for Benghazi in the email server? We've got a 600-page report. We've got you know, already enough information to easily indict her on the email situation. Um, but, I, but I'm going to say this. We're shell-shocked by the liberals and while we're shocked, while we're shocked, they advance and we lose more ground. And it isn't liberal hypocrisy. It's their game plan and strategy. A lot of people will say, well, you know, this is so, uh, you know, this is just utter hypocrisy, you know, looking at the liberals. It's something they do and they get away with. We don't get away with. This is utter liberal hypocrisy. Well, we need to stop saying that. It's not utter liberal hypocrisy. It is their game plan, and it is their strategy. So we're going to talk about what the real solution is. We're going to try to move quickly. So share this, uh, sh share this link because people need to hear this. I don't get paid a dime for doing this. I, I'm the one that pays for it. So, uh, But listen, right now we're going to bring on a patriot, and I'm telling you right now, uh, this is just awesome that we have this guy. Bill Kohler uh, is a very unique man. He's a, he's a United States Army veteran. I believe he retired from the United States Army. We'll learn more about that. But, uh, you know, he saw what was going on in West Virginia, and he didn't sit around and say, my goodness, somebody needs to help them. Oh, I wish the liberals would help them. Gee, I wish the liberals would care much to, as much about them as uh, getting us, getting people to be able to go to whatever bathroom they want to go to, no matter what sex they are. I wish they'd care about that. No, Bill Kohler didn't do that. Uh, this United States Army veteran, He's on the ground right now with us on the phone, and he's been helping any way that he can. So we're going to hear more about that. Bill, welcome to the show, The Collision of Faith and Politics. 
Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Green. Proud to be here. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself so my audience can know who you are. Um, I went in the military, uh, 87, and uh, got out in 91. Oh, yeah, you were in the same time as me. Yeah, and I kind of did the same bit. I got out of the military, and I went into personal security. Uh, I was with um, Whitney Houston for about four years, a band called Bare Naked Ladies, uh, Larry King, um, British Patron Tosca when they merged. Uh, So I was in the kind of followed your path, but you got a lot more degrees than I do. (laughs) Well, it's, but, a, it's a wonder we didn't end up working together uh, at some point on – I didn't uh, work uh, on uh, executive – I worked more on other areas, but um, I didn't do celebrities too often. I, the, the ones that I did, I was really, really lucky, uh, like, um, uh, you know, top-name top, top name people that turned out to be good. I've had a few that, that didn't turn out to be good that were uh, really – they should be an embarrassment to themselves and their fans. But uh, Tom Selleck, I have to tell you, he was he was my favorite, just all along the way, every time. Just a gentleman, awesome human being, and so I'm sure you had that happen too. You're protecting some people, and they're great protecting other oh, yeah. people, and you just you just you can't tell anybody about it. You just protect them and do your job, and um, which you know is interesting because that's something that you and I share. We understand the dilemma that the guy that wrote uh, this this blockbuster book, The Secret Service Agent crisis of character i mean uh you know what a dilemma for him personally it's, it's, oh, oh yeah I, I when he talked about the between the secret service details and how they you know would protect how what would they do to protect the president if you know hillary was the problem and and ours was kind of simpler because our rule was if it's domestic turn your back but yeah but there, but there are dilemmas like that and I, and yeah there's a lot of dilemmas like that what did you do in the army? Uh, well, I started out in infantry, and then I went to um, kind of funny how I got back. It was kind of because of Whitney Houston that I got back in. Um, I started out in infantry, and then when I got out, I, I went into protection uh, services. And then I um, I was working in D.C., and one of our drivers was with a, uh, a National Guard Special Forces unit. Mm-hmm. And Winnie came off the stage and collapsed one day, and I got her to the dressing room. We had a doctor that traveled with us, and and um, I thought to myself, I was standing there thinking I should have some trauma background. What better place than the military? So I went back as a combat medic, and then the driver that we had, he had asked me, he said, hey, are you interested in a special forces medic? He said, they, you know, they're like two courses shy of a PA. So I thought, wow, another challenge in life. So I... um I started that, and then I never finished because I got caught up in, they called it the needs of the Army, and, and my last tour in, in uh, 0506 in Ramadi, I was wounded. And then I became medically retired. So hmm. I uh, I also had a combat engineer in there, too. Well, you're a busy guy. So so what, you know, what I don't want you to say where you're from, uh, where you live currently, but what in the world took you – to West Virginia. What happened? How'd that, how'd that all come about? Well, it was funny because you were talking earlier about the politicians. Uh, I saw Senator Manchin on, on TV and he was kind of pleading for help in West Virginia that people needed help. And, uh, um, I, I, my wife is uh, a company has apartment complexes down here and she was coming down here. So I said, Hey, I'm coming with you. I said, because I'm going to go out and see what I can do. Cause the Senator was on the TV. Now, 
I haven't seen any senators or the representatives here yet. Um, so I don't. They should probably lead by example. Well, you're you're going to see Ben Affleck and uh, his ex-wife down there. Uh, they are coming, I think, tomorrow to uh, air quotes lend a hand. Jennifer Garner, I have a lot more respect and appreciation for her than I do for Affleck. But you know, hey, you might see them and. You never know. Money might start pouring in. It's interesting to me, uh, the money that was raised, and obviously, um, you know, n- neither of us have any control over this, but the money that came in through the uh, the different fundraising, GoFundMe and different things, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this later on today on the show, uh, that came in for Orlando. Uh, you know, so much money came in, literally millions of dollars, that none of the air quotes victims had to pay one red cent. Uh, for any of their care, for any of their uh, any of their uh, funeral expenses or memorial services or any of those things, they, not a dime had to be spent by the family. So uh, that's interesting. Yet, by stark contrast, the people in West Virginia, uh, you know, they need help. So tell me what you saw when you first got there. Yeah, I, well, I, I had a. You see it on TV, and you and the say like oh a flood you know you think of the flood and when you get here it was it was just devastating and um i came down here kind of slow without anywhere any direction to go but me as i am i find it i um ran across a guy that was displaced and he was staying in the hotel and i said hey how about i come over so i got caught up in this one community in elkview one of the hardest ones hit but it was i was bad and the neighbors, um, it, it, when we got there, the, I got came that Monday. They had mud in the houses, like eight inches deep, and it, it was just everything was covered with mud, and mm. everything was wet, and just the things were destroyed. I mean, from when that we started looking at it today, kind of like wow, we made a lot of progress, but um, people lost so many things. There's, there's so many people that are displaced, and one of the biggest thing is where are we going to go? Um, I, on my way down, I called the Red Cross to try to find out, hey, where's a place that I can go to help? I got put to the volunteer um, number, and it was a recording. It said the the messages are full. So I didn't have a clue until I got here and met this guy. But um, the whole the whole street, along the whole street, was was uh, just totally devastated with mud and, and water in the houses. It, the house that I was in, or the houses I were in along this street, were, uh, it was the water was up in the house about six feet. So, and the house next door now they have a um, a memorial. They have a flag and flowers on the next door house to us that um, the back wall had had been washed in in the basement. But at the time, the neighbor, the guy I'm working with now, he told me that um, the two women were behind that wall when it went. And mm. they perish. Oh. So, and when you look at it, it's kind of surreal. Just to, you know, they they die in that. You know, it it yeah. came up so fast, and they said nobody got nobody got in. You know, some people just had no time to get out. Mm-hmm. So, now, what what caused the flood? I mean, I know water caused the flood, but what caused this flood, and why was it? Do you know why it was so? Unexpected. It was just, and I remember hearing from friends in uh, friends and family actually in West Virginia 
some of whom I thought were in higher ground in Greenbrier County. And they said, you know, it was, we all of a sudden heard thunder, what sounded like thunder. And then all of a sudden our houses are leaving the, the foundation. And, and I actually know of, I don't know them personally, but someone who's, uh, I think eight, six or eight year old relative, uh, little, little child was swept away and never found. Yeah. It, they said it was a, a, the rain just came so heavy and West Virginia is full of, of rivers and streams and creeks. And they, they said it just overwhelmed it. It, it was about 10 hours of real heavy rain mm-hmm. and, um, it surprised everybody from what this guy told me today. This was the highest uh, on record ever that, that it happened. Um, but they uh, were probably, I'd say, 100 yards up on a higher elevation than, than the creek itself. And uh, mm. he said it came up. He said he was he threw his cat up on the roof and, and got out. Wow, 100 yards from the – wow. Yeah, that is came extraordinary. Up. Yeah, it was – from where I was – I was actually trying to measure today from from the back of the house down to where the creek is now, which they said is 10 foot high, is it, it was about, I'd say, 50 feet difference. So for that water to come up that high that fast is amazing. I mean, it was just unreal. Well, uh, what do you see in there as far as government response? Like, um, you know, are, do we have boots on the ground, so to speak? I mean, you know, you're there and you're, you know, we know that individual citizens are almost always more effective and efficient than uh, the, the, uh, the government. But what are you, what are you seeing? I mean, are you seeing national guard or. Today was the first time I've ever actually seen national guard here. I, I only seen two of them. Um, now when we were working yesterday, they've taken everything out of the house. Uh, they take everybody just clearing everything out of their houses where I'm at. And, and they put it in the front yards and, and supposedly like this morning, they came in early and, and cleaned out. The National Guard was supposed to take it away, but I, I didn't see. I saw it, a dump truck that was going down through, and now the appliances they took out are still sitting out. They're going to be taken away, I guess, soon. But the majority of the stuff we got out last night, they, they took away already by this, this morning, and they said the National Guard was doing that. Mm-hmm. But um, I've just been seeing them, like, boots on ground here just today that I saw. I mean, they could have been here yesterday, but um, FEMA, uh, there's a few people from FEMA sitting in their hotel. Uh, they said they'll be coming in in the aftermath, but the resident, it's it's really great to see. And they're they're making jokes now and things like that now, but and the resilience of, of the people. And like you said, the people are probably more um, worthwhile to get things done than, than the government people are because they uh, – they're just helping one another. There was a high school football team came out yesterday and were going down through the houses and taking all the heavier stuff out for people. Wow. The whole, the whole football team. So just that, I mean, it was, it's amazing. I don't know if it's a West Virginia thing um, or if it just is when it comes to, to needing each other. But they, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty tight knit on this street. Yeah, they're, uh, West Virginia people are, are uh, interesting people. They really are. Um, I've been uh, blessed to know and, and actually be related to a bunch of folks uh, from West Virginia. And I'll tell you, they're, they're as solid as they come. They're tough. 
Uh, they're very resilient. And uh, so, well, I'm disappointed to hear that there isn't a more obvious presence of our government there. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know what it says about their motivations, but politically, from a political expedience standpoint, if this was an inner city, um, I think, you know, right. yeah, there'd be riots, there'd be all this stuff. But then, they, but I think the government would be much more aggressive from the standpoint of, hey, let's help these people. You know, if this would have been a flood in downtown Baltimore uh, or Detroit or, uh, you know, any number of, of the cities and, in in, you know, uh, I just think it would have been really different. And that's what we're seeing a pattern of. And apparently West Virginia people don't matter as much. But, you know, it shouldn't matter where it is. We're Americans and there's great Americans like you that say, hey, I'm going and I'm going to help whatever it takes. I'll help. Um, well, that, that's, that was one that's, the, that was big thing for me when I when I came back in. in six and I was wounded. I didn't get any help for about a year, and I started this uh, restaurant. Well, first I ran for state representative in my state in 2010, and then I started a restaurant called Never Forgotten Barbecue. Never forget who we are as Americans and where we came from. I Being close to death all the time I, and seeing it a lot, kinda, you love your country more. Like mm-hmm. you, I love my country that much more. Plus, as you know, you, you have a, a value system that you live by and it means something. Yeah. Especially in wartime. And and when your your country needs you, it needs you no matter what. And you shouldn't have to be in the military just to do something for your country. You should be able to go out of your way for your, your neighbor, your your fellow citizens or your I'm I'm from Pennsylvania, I'm in West Virginia. You know, wherever I see it I need they need it, I go. So. Well, I think that's that's incredible, and quite frankly, I, I'm uh, I'm proud of you for doing it, and I know our audience uh, is honoring you right now. Uh, as far as the needs of the people there on the ground, what do they need? Now they have um, there's a, a church that has a staging area, um, and there's a school that has like a dump area. I guess they're taking everything, dumping it, and then there's a uh, try. Uh, Traco that's loading into triaxles and on the way, but the the church has ten, little tents set up. I'm, I'm assuming people, there's campers there. I'm assuming people are staying in them. There's like mm-hmm. businesses. They're, they actually brought in a trailer, a U.S. government trailer for the mail, but the post office is wiped out. Like uh, mm-hmm. all these businesses are wiped out along there, so they have a trailer where everybody can get their mail out of. They go to the trailer get their mail. Um, they have. Like a lot of, like yesterday I found out and one of the neighbors that I was helping from the place that I was at, she needed, she was talking about, she's an elderly woman, she needed her clothes done and she was going to try to find a washing machine to get her clothes done and I said, hey, Tide has a thing set up that you take your clothes and you drop them off and pick them up the next day and they'll clean them and fold them and everything for you. So they have that. There's water like all over the place. There's like little food stands there. Um, they're handing, they're bringing around water to the houses that need them. So the need, like a lot of the needs are here. I hear a big complaint about like with FEMA because they pay an insurance to FEMA if you're in a flood zone, I guess. And FEMA only gives them a portion of what the worth was. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, like this, the guy, the house I'm with, he says, "Yeah, we, it's going to cost us probably 
the amount it would to build a new house than it than what we're going to get from FEMA. So we could be, probably be better off building a new house than if they could afford it. But a lot of people that the needs now there's no they don't have a place to go. There's shelters, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, the people will have, only have so much time that are getting off work. So there, I, I think a lot of that will have to do with with a lot of their needs will be like hands on to come down mm-hmm. here and because when they do go to work or having the elderly people that can't get the things done uh, physically to have that kind of help. Uh, I see a lot of food and a lot of the water going around. Some places are without electric. There's power power supply people that are coming around with generators. I, I mean, the community is like really taking care of itself, like you said, and it's, it's amazing. And I'm sure there's donations to these churches and to the Red Cross out here, but um, there's the biggest thing I see is they don't have nowhere to go. You know, I find a contrast, uh, you know, and, and I'm sad to, I'm sad to say this, but uh, the fact of the matter is, and folks, you're listening to Bill Kohler. He's a United States uh, combat wounded veteran, army veteran. He's there on the ground in West Virginia. He could have sat comfortably in his own home uh, and watched it on the television. What little coverage there is on television and just said somebody needs to do something, but he didn't do that. Uh, Bill uh, went and has been helping on the ground, uh, doing whatever he sees needs done. And, uh, you know, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. But, but Bill, I have to tell you, one of the things I struggle with is the contrast. Um, and it's a stark contrast. You know, everybody wanted to make fun of George Bush uh, and say, you know, he didn't like black people. And, you know, he, he, uh, he didn't help initially with uh, New Orleans and, and, and ongoing. But, you know, there's never been a larger mobilization of the federal government assets than for New Orleans. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is we're not seeing that here based on what you're telling me, because uh, you'd see it. I mean, a couple of FEMA guys in the hotel not giving people what they need, um, giving them only partial uh, settlements, things of that nature. I, I think America doesn't understand in general a flood is a devastating thing, and the way that flood insurance is administrated and and uh, provided is extraordinary. I mean, it's it's one of the biggest ripoffs I think I've ever heard of in my life. If you live in a flood zone, it'll be very difficult for you to get flood insurance. But if you can get it, it's it's crazy expensive, and the limitations are extraordinary. Whereas uh, we know that hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars of donations flooded into New Orleans. Uh, virtually every single homeowner or renter, uh, had, if they wanted a new home, they could get a home. Within, within days, they had $3,800 uh, brought to them by the, the army of, of government officials uh in in uh you know and and there was very little oversight and unfortunately there was a ton of uh there was a there was a ton of fraud people who weren't didn't even live there were getting the little you know like credit card deal the uh debit card deal that had was loaded with between three thousand and thirty eight hundred dollars that was just your initial thing hey look i'm gonna put this in your hand to help you pay for things people were ripping each other off a neighbor was ripping off neighbor uh, it was just extraordinary. It was absolutely extraordinary. But the government presence there was astounding. Like I say, 
the largest mobilization ever in the history of this country. Uh, for a city, no offense, it was built eight feet below sea level. So basically you're in a bathtub. And um, they, you know, that Mayor Nagin, he's now in jail uh, for the corruption that we said was going on before the storm, during the storm, and after the storm. And we also know now that George Bush, I'm not an apologist for George Bush, but the truth is the truth. Um, he, he refused, Nagin refused George Bush's pleading Please, you've got to do, you've got to heed these. The, our weather people are telling us this is going to be a, a, a flood of biblical proportion. And, and he didn't. He said, we'll handle our business here. And he left 250 buses sitting uh, where he could have gotten out literally tens of thousands of people in the time that he had to refuse to do that. Uh, still, Bush is the bad guy, um, and white people don't care about us. But there's plenty of white people there, too, that, that, that need help. But... The money has flooded in there, pardon the pun, to such a degree that if you owned a house or you rented a house, you weren't out a dime. Now, can the, can the personal things be replaced? No. And everybody, at no, no matter what socioeconomic level they're at, uh, you know, they, listen, you lose if you don't have much and you lose it, it's devastating. Uh, but, you know, folks that have a lot that lose wedding photographs and videos and uh, you know, things from their families, you know, antiques, artifacts, things of that nature, things of, of sentimental value. Once they're gone, they're gone. And it, it is astounding to me that that doesn't seem to be the the uh, the massive mobilization for a storm that they're saying between 500 and 1,000 years. It, it's estimated that they've never seen this area's never seen it, and it's a once in a in a thousand year flood, and yet, uh, you know, people are wondering where am I going to stay? Where am I? Where am I going to get my food? Now, I think it's awesome of Tide. Tide's not a detergent I would ever use, not for no okay. other reason than I use different things. But you know, think about this: they're coming there, and they bring in their mobile machines, their water purification units, uh, their power units, all of these different things. And they wash people's clothes they don't know, and some of those clothes are in pretty bad condition from what they've been through. Uh, yeah. And they, they fold them, they, they label them, they do all the different things, and they, and they respectfully and with great dignity uh, hand them back to them and say, hey, anything else you need, you know, let us help you. Um, I just I struggle with it. I, I struggle with you know, why there are people now wandering around trying to figure out where they're going to stay. I, I watched an interview, one of the rare interviews. I watched an interview uh, with a lady uh, who was being interviewed by uh, uh, just a, uh, he was a CNN guy, but he was really a low, you know, he wasn't anybody that anybody would ever know. And he's interviewing this lady and he's, and he interrupts her. Like you keep looking over there at the, at the river. What are you looking at? And in other words, he was, he was a little bit, you know, ticked off that she's not paying attention in this in this interview she's not she's not looking at the camera and she said that river is no river that's where my home sat he said what that's where my home was my home was there just an hour and a half ago my house was right there and the guy said this isn't a river no it's not and and he well, was just he didn't know what to say say then. But this woman, from what I understand, still you know doesn't have really a place to stay. But you mentioned something a, a couple of minutes ago about the uh, 
the church. Now, I thought churches were just judgy and, you know, they didn't really help anybody. They just, you know, preached hate, I thought. I I don't know. Maybe I misunderstood the press, but uh, you're telling me a church is there and they're feeding people and they're helping people? My goodness. seemed like the church might do a better job than the government does. Well, that's the way it was supposed to be. And that's, yeah. and you see it. And I, I actually see other churches. I saw two. They actually had disaster vehicles that were from um, out of state. And they were they were two churches. So there's there's more than just this one church in that parking lot. There's there's a bunch of churches and they're all coming together, I guess. They but that's yeah, that's to me, that's way we don't we we depend too much on the government when we should yeah. be doing that going and the church should be our central focus of our lives. That's how I grew up. Yeah, yeah. And so it is it's pretty and you talk about that that was the worst part to see when you have a, a 87-year-old lady sitting there and crying because her pictures are gone. Oh. You know, and they're just ruined. Everything in the houses were ruined. Oh, that's terrible. What There's is the one down the road that they couldn't can't even get to yet because all the roads are washed out. Hmm. So wow. So that guy's just trying to make it until they can get there to help him. Yeah, his son his son was the one that I'm, I've been dealing with a lot, and he's like, and we tonight is the last night they have at the hotel, and they have to find a place. So the wow. one, the other son, there's two sons there, and the one son's trying to do that today, and I don't know where he's at on that, but me and the other son are in the house again cleaning. Hmm. Everything. You know, this brings up, Bill, I'll tell you, something that, you know, being uh, – a uh, military veteran myself, and, and I know this would resonate with you. And you kind of alluded to it, talking about the churches, but being prepared, personally prepared uh, for whatever may come, you got to have food set aside. you got to have a quick grab, kind of a go bag type of thing with Good some bag. medical supplies, some clothes, perhaps some weapons, some ammunition, food. Uh, you need, you, you know, this is this is something that uh, that can happen anywhere, really. And the government's not coming. They're they're not coming until whenever they get there, and because they've got a lot of political wrangling uh, to do, and they're worried more about you know their the political expediency. They're not in a big hurry to get to your house that a river's running through now. They're not in a big hurry to help you replace the things that you lost, unless it's of political expedience to them. And and I'll just tell you that, it, look, America, if you live, and we have people listening all over the world, if you live in a place where um, you don't feel the government uh, really, really cares about you, i got to be honest with you. They don't care. I'm going to help you with that. They don't care. So what you have to do is put food away. Now, you can do canned goods. You can do the, uh, you know, the different. I'm not going to say any names on the air because I don't have any sort of marketing agreements with them. Uh, but there's many different ones out there. Uh, that are food storage, long-term food storage companies. They come in the five-gallon buckets. They're sealed really well, protected from, you know, uh, sun degradation and and uh, all of this. And and you know, yeah, they're not they're not filet mignon. But look, if you if if you have six months to a year of food put away, uh, and maybe you know, I hate to say it, I don't want to be crude, but toilet paper. Um, medical supplies. Look, if you have a, a medical condition that 
you have to have certain medical supplies. You know what? You've got to make arrangements for that because I'm sure there's lots of people running around there that their heart medicine got washed away, their cancer drugs got washed away, their their um, diabetes uh, you know drugs got washed away, or whatever the case may be. Their stuff is down you know a hundred miles downstream now. Well, what do they do? You know, when the pharmacy's gone and the post office is gone, and you know, what do you do? Well you got to have a plan. you got to have a game plan. You have to have uh, a, a kind of an idea among your family of how you're going to communicate. I heard stories from people that live there that, you know, took out the floods, took out uh, towers, took out cell towers. towers. Yeah. And so people couldn't communicate with each other. And they thought, you know, um, hey, you know, what am I, how, where's my family? How do, how do I know how to get to them? You know, it's, and I'll tell you, uh, it, and from an emergency preparation standpoint, this is not something that uh, that you have to be like me or like you to do. America, this is and around the world, this is something, quite frankly, that that anybody with half a brain can do. You just sit down with a piece of paper and say, "Okay, what are the things that I put my hands on in my home at my place of work every day that I that I have to use, I have to function with." What would I do if none of the water, because that's a big issue there, is you can't drink, can't drink the water because it's, it's, you know, it, it's polluted from all the stuff that, that's, you know, uh, when floods happen, I mean, it's just, it's, it's an amazing event. I mean, it's just stunning. And so yeah, they, you can't drink. They've, they've actually had a, a water treatment plant that was wiped out. <laughs> so, so there you have it. So what do you do now? You know, you where are you going to go get your water? So there's water treatment systems, um, you know, and I and I do a little bit of this on some of our shows um, and on Sundays with Dr. Sean. You know, we do a live uh, church and then we, you know, we talk after the, the the microphones are shut off and the broadcast is over. A lot of times we talk about this, you know, what what do I absolutely need? What are things that I need? Um, but I'll just say this. And I, I have very dear friends who will run their car to fumes and then they'll, they'll be out of cash. They'll be, you know, they'll, they're out of options and their car is on fumes. Well, if you get into a situation where it's super, super hot or it's freezing cold and you have to shelter in your car and you can't run your car cause you're out of gas, you're going to die. If you have to flee and, you know, get out of the affected area and you need a car to do that, and you run out of gas, you're going to die. It's not a, oh, I just like to do this. You know, I'd like to, but I just can't get around to it. No, you know, and plus it's good for your, it's good for your tank, good for your, good for your vehicle to not run it to, you know, bare empty. Uh, have a little cash set aside, quick grab, something a quick grab, you know, have a bag, a go bag. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, you know, have a means to, to, uh, to affect a reasonable. Now you're in the medical field. You know, look, uh, these floods, you can get hurt bad in these floods, fires, um, you know, any number of things. You know, it doesn't have to be weather. It could be it could be um, unrest. You know, it could be it could be any number of things. Somebody doesn't like a judgment. Somebody doesn't like a, a you know, a jury verdict. You know, all of a sudden you go from being a regular guy doing your regular stuff or a regular mom or you know, whatever, you know, to now I got to survive. Well, ask yourself, you know, this person at the end of this street that they can't get to the road, you know, this has been days 
How do you survive when you're there? You can see the people, but they can't get to you. So how do you survive? Everybody thinks, oh, they'll come get me. Government will come get me. They're not coming to get you. Not fast enough. That's for doggone sure. You say, well, I'll just climb up on the roof. Well, what are you going to take with you when you climb up on your roof? And if your house gets washed away, guess what? You know, you're going to get washed away with it. You got to have a better plan than that. Um, and, and here's another thing that I think is interesting. You know, a lot of people in New Orleans died trying to get to their roof because then they realized, wait a second, I'm in the attic. My house is filling up full of water. How do I get to the roof? And they died in their attics. They were trapped in their trapped and they drowned in their own attics. People, you know, tons of people were found that way. And, and so you have to think things through. People don't like to think about it, but Bill, I'll tell you uh, more and more in this day and age with our, uh, our, our infrastructure is absolutely crumbling. I was driving the other day in uh, Tennessee. I, I had to go to Tennessee for Mr. Bobby G. Maxwell's uh, funeral. And I have to tell you, Driving in Tennessee, I was stunned at some of the some of the bridges. I thought, wow, I don't even, you know, the rebar is showing. I don't even trust this bridge. And then I realized, wait a second, this is a train bridge. There's a train going over top. And then as I'm driving yeah. back to where I live, there's the same thing here. Yeah, we have a, now, this is crazy, too, because a few months ago in, in the county I live in, um, they passed a bridge tax now. Because there's no money left to help fix our bridges, so uh, it's such a big government is going out of control. It's going too big. It wasn't meant to be that way, and they're sitting here now. And these people right here in West Virginia, like you said, should be their primary concern because that's their constitutional duty. You know, right. you take care of the people of the United States. That's your constitutional duty. Right. So I I took that oath, and I'll I'll stick to it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. So what's next for you there? What are you uh what's your what's your next move there? And, and here tomorrow yeah. we're stripping drywall. <laughs> so um I don't understand I mean everybody's doing it, doing the same things that we're doing in these two few houses I'm in. I don't understand why they're doing it, but they're doing it and I guess their biggest concern is the mold growing. Mold. To try to yeah, get it you... out dry it up yep. quick. And yeah, you want to keep it dry? A yeah. mask? Do you have any sort of mask or anything? No. They they have um they do have a station set up that people are asking people when was your last tetanus shot and there's another shot they're getting, I guess because of the environment. Um I figured I was in the military so I should have had every shot there was. Mm-hmm. Um but they um People are going and getting anthrax or anthrax. They're going and getting tetanus shots and this other shot for some kind of like a flu bug or something that they maybe may get from the environment. But I, yeah, we have. I haven't been. I probably should have been wearing masks. A lot of it's wet, so a lot of there's not a lot of dust in there, and a lot of it's everything's just settled and wet. Yeah. Well, mold can set in within 24 hours, so uh, you know just protect yourself and. Uh, if we at the show can help you in any way or our audience can help you, let us know. I'll put it on the show page, the ninjapastor.com, uh, blog talk radio, uh, backslash blog talk backslash the ninja pastor. We'll put it on there. We'll make sure the word gets out, put it on Facebook, put it everywhere. So 
you know, message me what we, what we can do to help. And if we can help you in any way, just let us know. And certainly, you know, we're happy to help, man. I'll tell you what, I sure appreciate what you're doing. I sure appreciate the fact that you didn't talk about doing something. You did something. That's what being an American is all about. And, you know, um, I just heard from a friend of mine today, actually, they were all excited. The mother and father were all excited because their son uh, just finished medical school and uh, finished with honors and, and worked his way through. He's got 300 and some thousand dollars worth of loans to pay off. Uh, but what does he do? He doesn't think about uh, going and getting some stream and a whole lot of money. And, you know, so he can pay, so he can, you know, he can not, there's anything wrong with that. I mean, he needs to pay off his loans and they're massive, you know, uh, but instead of doing that, he was really trying to get into the United States Navy. He says, I want to be a combat vet or a combat uh, medic or combat doctor. And um, he says, man, I really hope I get in. I'm not a big guy. I, you know, I certainly don't have any physical experience really. And, uh, but, but I, I'm assuming they'll train me and, and I really hope to get in. And he kept trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. Just found out today, this morning, actually, that he's been accepted. Uh, and he'll go into the United States Navy Medical Corps. Uh, he's going to leave for training here in just a little bit. He's very, very excited about it. And people like you, uh, some of the best people I've ever met in the world are people that put on the uniform of the United States of America, whatever whatever branch of service it is. And, and you know, this show, I don't know if you've ever, ever had a chance to listen to this show, but I can tell you, Bill, this is a, um, you know, I'm a veteran. Um, I have a ton of veterans in my family. Um, I uh, have a lot of friends in Arlington. And I can tell you that, um, you know, this show, we're we're dedicated to getting the word out uh, about our military and about our veterans' issues. But this is a case where we can say, look, uh, because this administration really, I've never seen in a, a political administration be more uh, reluctant to herald their the real uh, heroes in this country. I'll tell you, I, I, I'm so frustrated by it. You know, veterans are are, are uh, really viewed uh, sort of with sideways glance, and and they're trying to take the veterans' guns away. They're trying to restrict, um, you know, classify every veteran as a potential, um, you know, mental health issue, uh, safety issue, things of this nature. And, you know, meanwhile, people like you uh, who, who've been in the thick of things are there. You just got up and went there. And, and look, that's, that's a major high five. And, and I'm proud of you. And I know our audience is proud of you. And certainly, like I say, if there's anything we can do, let us know. We'll be happy to, uh, if we can't do it, we'll talk to people who can. Um, I, I know I probably asked you this, but I, I don't remember what the answer was, but what is the one thing that if you could tell our audience, what's the one thing you could tell them? Doesn't have to be rushed. We have plenty of time, but the one thing you want to tell them about your experience there. About here? Yeah. Well, when, um, like I said earlier with the, so you center yourselves around your communities because it, when it, like you said, when it comes down to it, the government's not going to be in a rush to get to you. And, and you, I see it here. I haven't seen any government people on the, the road I'm on. And the, the community is taking care of itself. And, and it's a great thing when, when you see all those um, American flags coming out and just 
yeah, it's community first, and, and take care of yourself first, and maybe maybe the government will realize we don't depend on them, and we don't need them as much as they think we do. Mm-hmm. I think, can, uh, I hate to say it, but I think that would be one of the best things ever, is for uh, the average American, the regular, you know, uh, Joe Schmuckatelli, you know, lunchbox, going to work, doing their thing, uh, to 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 be so uh, independent, to be so personal liberty, to be so self-governance-minded that they don't need the government. And little by little, we do that. We can, and I'm not to put in a, a shameless plug for a group that I'm very involved in, the Center for Self-Governance. I'm telling you, you want to talk about the secret sauce, the the something people should be doing. This is this is it. I mean, it's the Center for Self-Governance.com. No matter where you live, you know, go to that go to that website. Type in your state. You can find training. If if you don't see any training there, we'll we'll do you. We get a, a a room full of ten to twenty five people. We'll bring it. No matter where it is, we'll we'll get there and we'll find a way to train you. Um, it's it's just it's so important. Well, Bill, I know uh, you've been so gracious to spend this time with us today, and I'll tell you what. Um, I really, really appreciate it. I personally appreciate you. And, and folks, I want you to understand, uh, I saw a post from Bill. Bill's one of my Facebook friends. Uh, we actually don't live that far from one another, come to find out. And uh, saw he was a veteran and uh, saw what he was doing. And I said, you know what, here's a guy who, you know, if he could get a megaphone, obviously, you know, I'm no Hannity. We have between six and 700,000 listeners. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, that's a lot of people to hear what's needed and also to be inspired to to do what needs to be done, to get out there and get after it. Don't talk about it. Just get out there and get after it. And in the process, I'm sure you're meeting some incredible people. Uh, you're being inspired by the resilience of these people. I'm sure to some degree, although being an Army veteran, you've probably been disgusted with our government before, the ineptitude, uh, just totally feckless. But uh, the fact of the matter is, you, I'm sure you're inspired by what you're seeing there. And we, as an audience, are inspired by what you're doing. And I'll tell you what, I really appreciate it. It means the world to me. And, uh, you know, major high five from me. And, and I look forward to talking to you again. And if something happens in the future, you know, while you're there and you want to talk about it, just give us a shout. And uh, we'd be very, very honored and happy to have you on. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm gonna try to find out uh, some of the other the needs of uh, people, but like I say, most housing and, and I do appreciate you let me talk oh. about this kind of. Oh, you can. I, I, my love my, I love my country. I love, and it's good to see them down here. It's good to see it coming. Like it's what I would want it to be in my hometown. It's here. It's the people are coming together for each other. Well, and and let me say this: if you. Uh, if you, during the course of this show, we'll be on for one more hour. If during the course of this show, you happen to think of something or somebody, you know, it says, Hey, you know what we could really use? Um, give me a holler back. I'll see your number pop up and, and we'll make sure that, uh, we'll make sure you get on the air and, and, and that we get the word out. Cause that's what this is all about. I appreciate it. Appreciate oh, it. brother. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And, uh, be safe, stay safe down there. Hey, thank you. My pleasure. We'll see you. Well, there you have it, America. There you have it. 
mean, that's the difference. I, I don't know really what to tell you. That's the difference between somebody that sits around and talks about doing stuff and somebody that does stuff. And that's what we have to be. We have to be people of action. We can't be, we can't be talking all the time. We have to be people of action. We have to get in uh, and, and get after it. You know, meanwhile, our, our liberal representatives, uh, you know, they, look, they're not going to be happy until they have your guns. That's one of the things that they did in New Orleans was uh, they tried to get people's guns. Now, I say tried. They, they didn't try. They did. They got people's guns. They took people's guns away. And guess what happened? Those people were victimized. There's a, a true story about an 80, uh, I'm trying to remember, 84-year-old lady, 82, 84-year-old lady. Uh, she, uh, it's interesting. She, she had a, a, a shotgun. And I think it was a 20-gauge shotgun. And they were going house to house taking guns. Now, this this is an interesting thing, the very time that you need your gun the most. But because there are so many criminals in this area of New Orleans, um, they, they made the decision, look, you know, nobody having guns that we can tell uh, is better than somebody having guns. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, anybody, even the good people. So if we take, if, if it saves just one life, you know, we'll do it. You know, that's what they always say. And so they took away her gun. Uh, she begged them I and mean, they physically took away her gun. She didn't, she didn't willingly give it up. They took away her gun and she begged them to let her have it back. And then not long after that, she was uh, raped and she was murdered. And, and, and I believe this woman with the pluck that she had, she would have, she would have defended herself. Uh, she would not have been a victim, but because of how, you know, our, our, our government's not there to help you. I, I know that you want to think that uh, because, you know, you're good people. You're good people, and 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 you want to be. You want to believe that that for the most part they're there to help you. But I'm going to tell you, a guy like Elijah Cummings from uh, he's a Democrat from Baltimore, he's not there to help anybody but his own pocket. Chuck Schumer and these people, Sheila Jackson Lee, um, so many of them, so many of them. They're not there to, to help you. They're there to line their pockets. They get paid six figures uh, to line their pockets, to get a, a retirement, which this is ridiculous. We've done whole shows about this, retirement for the rest of their life. But, you know, here's the thing. They want to take away your gun. They want to disarm you. And, and I know it's very difficult for you to hear this, but they don't want to disarm you to protect you. They want to disarm you to protect them. So it's not about gun control. Like they are, you know, they, they talked about it like it was about gun control. Now, these people are dumb as a box of rocks. But my daughter, as all of you know, is a, a second-year veterinary student at uh, a prestigious university. I won't say where it is. but um, And because of the state that I live in doesn't have a medical school, a veterinary medicine school, or a dental school, um, they have made an agreement with other states to send our kids at in-state rate to those medical schools and to the dental schools and the veterinary medicine schools. So you understand how that is, right? This is a program that's been in existence for 50 years in my state. So all of a sudden, the liberals in the state, now uh, I'll just tell you where I am. I don't care. It's, I'm in the state of Delaware. Markel, ultra-liberal guy, prides himself on being ultra-liberal. 
says, you know, we're going to bring in a bunch of these uh, these refugees. Now, you guys who have listened to the show for any length of time, you know that uh, we had Jim Simpson on, an awesome, really, truly awesome guy. And he revealed that, you know, these organizations, they get $5,000 per person that they take, $5,000. And there's nobody – there's there's no there's no big you know um, vetting process. They keep talking about this you know the vetting process. Look how many look how many people get through the wire as it is now. You know look how many. It's it's just absolutely extraordinary. And you know what? They don't care. They don't care. They really, really don't care. I know that's hard for you to hear. Look, I, I know I know that it's hard for you to hear because it was hard for me. You know, when I was uh, – in 1983, I was in the Navy, and I remember uh, having certain experiences over the, the next several years and then post-Navy experiences and just being smacked in the face with a two-by-four, realizing that, that what the government does and what they say isn't always true. Uh, it isn't – always for my best interest. It's about getting them. Well, they, they get addicted to that power. They get addicted to the money. But in, but in the state of Delaware, uh, to explain why, why I brought up my daughter, in the state of Delaware, they have this program. It's called the Dimes Program. And all of a sudden on Monday, uh, it comes out that, hey, we've eliminated that. After 50 years of funding it, we've eliminated it. Not for the people that are currently uh, receiving these scholarships and are member, you know, participants in this program, They'll continue, you know, because of course they've already made their, they've already made their obligations. They need, they've got their lease signed for where they're going to live. Uh, my daughter signed a four-year lease, so to you know get a good price. So she's made a commitment. Her and her roommates have made a commitment. We're not wealthy people, at all. She's worked very hard. I mean, she's she's busting her rear end to get into veterinary medicine school and veterinary medical school and and to do well. And all of a sudden, the carpet gets pulled out from under on Monday, this Monday, Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember which day it was, but egregious. I mean, absolutely egregious. And so, you know, they restore the funding today. They take that part out of the new budget. Now, this is the liberal budget, uh, liberal government who says they care about the people. Uh, they, they, you know, they really uh, care about you. And you matter to them. You know what? We just, we love y'all. We love you so much. We just want to, we want you to have free education. We want you to have free birth control. Hey, you want an abortion? Go get you one. Uh, Free phone? You want a free phone? Great. Great. We'll give you, you want help on your rent? Help on your oil? Help on your heating oil, your heating costs, your food, all that stuff? Great. We're all for it. You want to have a bunch of kids? Great. We'll give you all the money you want. Refugees. You want to come to our state? Great. That's great. Come on. We'll, we'll do that. It's supposed to be the education. You know, the liberals are always saying, hey, we're the education people. We care about education. The Republicans don't care. Well, I'll have you know, I did my homework, and this was a, a, a liberal left initiative that they thought they could just sneak by. Well, fortunately, the, the hue and cry, and I'll just tell you this, I did my part. Uh, hundreds of people heard from me. Thousands of people heard from me on social media, and I, I uh, implored them 
to respond by calling and uh, and doing what they needed to do to make for these for these young people that are they've made commitments. And you did it. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of calls. You know, I don't, I don't have that big of a an audience. I don't I don't have that big of a reach. Uh, the the uh, publicist people tell me that I reach between five hundred thousand and seven hundred fifty thousand people a day. Um, that's in the scheme of things. Let's say only half of one percent read. You know what they open. That's that's not that big. I hate to tell you. I mean, it sounds like big numbers, but it's not. And the fact of the matter is, is, is uh, I'm very pleased that they, that you, you all folks, I'm telling you what, you got after it. But I'll tell you, you know, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, I said it already on today's show, the Center for Self-Governance, if you want to be effective and successful at self-governance, if you want to be, um, if you don't want to waste your time, wasting your time with stuff that doesn't work. You've got to take part in Center for Self-Governance training. I am telling you, it is absolutely the secret sauce. And and look, I'm a level five. I finished level five and there's some, I still have some stuff that I need to do uh, in order to, um, in order to be able to, um, you know, finish all my program requirements and stuff. Uh, but boy, I'm telling you, it, it is, I got to tell you, it, it there's nothing like it. Honest to goodness, there's nothing like it. And and look, if you're in Delaware, honestly, let me just tell you, if you're in Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, you need to come to uh, July 11th. Uh, we're having level two training. So if you did level one, I don't care if you're finished your program requirements, whatever. Don't worry about that. We've got a game plan in place to help you with that. We are going to get plugged in with you. We want you to, to have what you need to be successful because we need you. Uh, then July 12th. Now, again, they're not paying me to say this. I need you to understand, by the way, these are all day things, nine to four, nine to three, that type of time frame. And believe you me, it'll go fast. You won't even know. Blow your mind. Uh, so, so July 11th, if you've completed level one, maybe you've done your program requirements, maybe you haven't, you got busy, whatever the case may be, don't let that stop you. July 11th, level two, it's going to be in Newcastle County. Sign up for it. We'll get the information out to you. It's no biggie. It's $60 uh, of your money, and I'm telling you, it'll be the best time you ever spent. Then July 12th, level one. You say, well, I, you know, I can't do it. I haven't had level one. So everybody's got to complete every level. I mean, you don't have to. Nobody's going to force you to do it. But I'm saying you can't go to level five without doing level one. Level one is powerful. July 12th. Folks, this is in a couple of weeks. July 12th. Level one training. 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's going to be in Kent County, Delaware. It's going to be in the middle of Delaware. It's $50. Um, It's the best. Look, I've had 11 years of postgraduate education, of doctorate level education, and I can tell you the best training I have ever had. It's the best training I've ever had, bar None. Let me say this. I'm going to give out my number. Write my number down. People think I'm crazy for doing that. But 302-593-1679 if you have any questions. But go to the website, Center for Self-Governance Today. Sign up because class size is limited. We don't like it to get above 25. 
We want to have interaction. You, you believe you me, when you get it plugged into this, you'll be like, wow, thank goodness we don't have a huge class. There's a reason for it. Uh, it's powerful. It'll be a life-changing experience for you. So level one, maybe you took level one before and you said, you know what? My mind was wandering. My mind was a little bit blown. Um, I don't know really. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't know that I learned all I need to learn. Tell you what, take level one again. Take it again. If you just want to audit it, it's $10. You just want to go and you want to audit, you want to hear what it's about, spend $10. Do it. Waste time. Go to the center. It's www.centerforselfgovernance.com. Go to your state. Click on your state. If you're in Delaware or whatever, click on that. Bring it down. If you're in Pennsylvania, any other state, click on that. If you're too far away to come to Delaware one, Delaware one, fine. You know, but but get plugged in. Don't wait to do it. You know, it is the secret sauce, and it's the something everybody's talking about. Well, I wish I could do something. I need to do something. Somebody has to do something. You're the somebody, and this is the something. You say, well, how does going to a class help me understand how going to a class is going to be the thing that I need to do in order to, uh, you know, be successful in self-governance? I don't understand that. Going to a class help with that. You know, it's a good question. I, I mean, it's a, it's a good question. It's a fair question. But I'm just going to tell you, get signed up first. Get signed up first. And then we'll answer your questions. Um, as far as level one goes, if you've taken it, and you're not sure, you're fuzzy, take it again. I've taken level one. Uh, if Mark Hurwitz here, he's the president and founder um, of, of the Center for Self. Man, if Mark was here, I could. I think it's four or five times. Somebody out there listening probably knows. Four or five times. It was that powerful. I took level one that many times. Now, I know you, you might be thinking, well, holy moly, man, who has time for that? Well, I don't think it's a matter of who has time for that. I don't think I don't think the country has time for us to do anything but. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I, mean, I, I want you to understand that we we are in this crazy, crazy time where, quite frankly, um, I know a lot of people who otherwise – were just, you could not dissuade them. You just couldn't. You couldn't dissuade them. They said, look, you know, we're going to make it. We're not giving up. We're not quitting. You know, we're, we're just in it to win it. We're, we're, not, we're not giving up on this. This country, we're not quitting. We refuse to quit. Well, and then, you know, another year passes by, and guess what happens? They say, I don't know. I, 
I'm I'm disappointed. I'm I'm afraid. I I don't understand what's happening. Nothing is working. We're doing we're doing everything. We're doing everything. We're we're doing everything we can. I don't understand. It's not working. I think I'm going to give up. I think I'm going to quit. I just think I'm going to stop. You know what? Because I've been beating my head. I've just been beating my head against a wall. I I just I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I I, I can't do it. I'm 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 just going to be done with it. You've been there. Come on, you've been there. Come on, we've all been there. We've all been to that place where, quite frankly, we just we're so beat up. We 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 just can't fight anymore. But the reason we can't fight anymore, folks, uh, you know, I just got to tell you, the reason we can't fight is because we're fighting the wrong way. The wrong way. Look. I'm not the guy. Look, I'm not the guy who's going to tell you that you shouldn't be disappointed. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be the guy that tells you, look, you you're you're wimping out here. You can't wimp out on us. You got to you got to be in it to win it. You can't you know, you you can't you can't quit. You can't quit. Man, I get it. I really do. I get it. By the way, July 13th there's going to be a uh, uh level 3 if you've had level one and level two, maybe you have, maybe you haven't completed your program requirements from those, don't let that bother you. Sign up for level three, July 13th in Delaware. We're going to announce the location. We'll send it to you. Um, get plugged in. If you've done level one, level two, maybe you've taken level three. They, by the way, all these classes are new, by the way. They're all new. They're all new. But I, I want to say this to you, and I, and I, I don't know how to say it. Um, more passionately, but I've got to tell you, you know, this is the answer. This is how you become effective. I'm telling you, I know people that are politically very involved. They're very good at what they do. They, um, you know they they try real hard they're dedicated but they but they they're never successful they don't ever win we don't have any wins but i'm telling you this in center for self governance every political campaign that center center for self governance has gotten involved in they won and and almost every issue that we've gotten plugged into fighting issues pushing issues whatever cuz it's not driven on issues it's about being mutually pledged you say well i'm not a republican who cares we don't care. One of the one of the most powerful keep the republic teams in the country spawning out of Center for Self Governance is is in an ultra liberal area, and these people are turning around what they're doing. It's it's just absolutely astounding what's happened. Unbelievable, literally unbelievable. So so I can't encourage you anymore. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, 
I, I want you to understand how important this is. Look, I want to read you a verse here. The death knell of radio, by the way, reading scripture verses. Second uh, Timothy, or 2 Timothy. By the way, let me just say this. I'm no apologist for uh, Donald Trump either. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of his. But if he is the guy, he will have my vote, um, you know, and and uh, we got to get after it and get it done because we know what Hillary's all about. And we know that she's bad. She's real, real bad. But he said two Corinthians when he was at Liberty University, he said two Corinthians. And a lot of people had a lot to say about that. Well, you know, I'm telling you as a guy with a uh, seminary and divinity school degree, um, I can absolutely tell you that that is theologically uh, correct. It's, it's, it's an accurate way of saying it. And many, many very highbrow, highbrow theologians and seminarians say it that way. So he didn't, he didn't do anything wrong by doing that. I know people personally who say 2 Timothy or 2 Corinthians or 2 Peter. Um, it's, it's not, and it's funny, the people that made fun of him, for saying that, you know, really throwing stones at him. Oh, yeah, yeah, he really knows about church. These are the most unchurched people, these most unchristian people on the planet, you know, the hardcore left, and yet they're going to make fun of them. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Moreover, understand this, in the Asherit Hayamim will come trying times. People will be self-loving, Money-loving, self-loving, money-loving, we don't have anybody like that. Proud, arrogant, insulting, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, uncontrolled, brutal, hateful of good, traitorous, headstrong, swollen with conceit, loving pleasure rather than God. As they retain the outer form of religion but deny its power, stay away from these people. For some of them, worm their way into homes and get control of weak-willed women who are heaped with sins and swayed by various impulses, who are always learning but never able to come to a full knowledge of the truth. In the same way as Jonas and Jambres opposed Moshe, which is Moses, so also these people oppose the truth. The, they are people with corrupted minds who, whose trust cannot pass the test. However, they won't get very far because everyone will see how stupid they are, just as it happened with these two. But you, you have closely followed my teaching, conduct, purpose in life, trust, steadfastness, love, and perseverance, as well as the persecutions and sufferings that came thy way in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, what persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them, and indeed all who want to live a godly life, united with Messiah Yeshua, will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived themselves. But you continue in what you have learned and what you have become convinced of, recalling the people from whom you learned it, and recalling, too, how from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which can give you wisdom, which leads to deliverance through trusting in Yeshua the Messiah. All Scripture is God-breathed and is valuable for teaching the truth, convicting of sin, correcting faults, and training in right living. Thus, anyone who belongs to God may be fully equipped for every good work. Man, let me tell you something, folks. That's powerful stuff. It tells us there's going to be people that try to mess us up. It's going to be people that try to lead us astray. 
yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy. But it's happening exactly, exactly. As scripture said. Look, I'm going to say in the remaining time that we have, I'm going to say this. Um, The liberal sit in on the floor of Congress. You know, this is supposed to be a dignified place where the, the people's business is conducted. By the way, Friday, uh, July 1st through July 4th, the Michael Strange Foundation, which you guys know I, I support them, will be in Wildwood, New Jersey, selling T-shirts. This is Friday, this Friday, July 1st through July 4th, ending with a concert starring Tim McGraw. They're going to be on stage with Tim. Come join 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. And go to the Michael Strange Foundation website for more details. That is a powerful thing. You've got to get involved with that. So if you're in New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania area, go see it. Go get involved. Get plugged in. Have that experience. Don't miss out on it. So I was talking about the liberal sit-in with the floor of Congress on the floor of Congress. You know, they weren't they weren't filibustering, by the way. I don't want you to think that they were filibustering, doing something that uh, they're allowed to do, that they're supposed to do. No. That wasn't what was happening at all. That's not what was happening at all. They were they were they were uh, imitating civil disobedience. They were imitating something that they're not to be doing on the floor of Congress. They're supposed to be the grown folks in the room, but they weren't. And they didn't. They didn't behave as grown folks. They should have been arrested. At the very least, uh, the Speaker of the House should have called for the master at arms to escort them out. That's not what that place is for. They They don't have that right to do that. They weren't filibustering. They weren't filibustering. Not at all. Not at all. They were doing what they shouldn't do. They were betraying the will of the people for political expediency. You see, they want to get your guns away. They don't care what they have to do to do it. Do you understand that? They want to get your guns out of your Bible-clinging conservative hands. They don't want you to have it because you're the biggest worry for them. They're not worried about Islam. They're worried about you. They're worried about you. So I don't understand it. Why why didn't our uh why didn't our speaker of the house have the the cojones to say, "Hey, hey, hey. You heard the statement he did. There's all this noise in the background. They're chanting and doing all this stuff." And uh Louis Gomert, I tried to get him on the show today and and uh, as you might imagine, he is swamped. Louis Gohmert goes up to him and says, what are you doing? By the way, it was catered. They planned on it days in advance. It was catered. They had food coming in. They only did it for like a tiny bit of time. Meanwhile, Ted Cruz gets castigated because he's trying to protect us from Obamacare. It's 21 hours. Well, they bail in just a matter of hours. This is what I'm trying to explain to you folks. I, I, I hope that you don't feel 
I hope that you don't feel that that in some way, you know, I'm I'm trying to. Well, let me let me just say this. You know, I'm not. I don't tend to be a very politically. Um, I, political expediency to me is is just um, it, it's just another way of putting a useless liar, undependable, unreliable liar. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? You know, it's just it it's extraordinary to me. Look, I, I'm going to just tell you. I, I'll, I'll be fair to you and tell you that there are people out there who we call them public servants, right? We call them public servants, and we say, you know, well, they served uh, their country in Congress. They did this. They did that. Um, you know, this is what they did. Well, they got paid hugely for it. Hugely. And they get paid, and the benefits are extraordinary. You understand that, right? $170,000. Incredible benefits. Retirement after just a very short period of time. You guys understand this, right? Look, I'm not against anybody making a lot of money. You work hard for your money. You do a good service. I'm not against that. In fact, I'm for it. But my friends, I got to tell you, at some point or another, you got to call them for what they are. You've got to call them for what they are. These people, they're not there for you. They don't care about you. They care about lining their pockets. They don't like you. You don't matter to them. You say, that can't be. Doc, that can't be. That, that, that can't be the truth. Well, it's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, but they don't care about you. They don't, you don't matter to them. There's nothing about you that matters to them other than your vote. And if you're obviously not going to vote for them, they hate you. They'll ignore you. Look, uh, Bethany Hall Long, she's my representative in the district that I, that I live in. I've sent her 20, is it, 24 emails, very respectful, about very important issues, not responded once. Well, she did respond saying, oh, I didn't get any of your emails. Really? Because I have this thing called delivery receipt. <laughs> I have this little thing called delivery receipt. So she said, here, you know, call me. Call me directly right here. Well, it wasn't directly. It was her office. And it's actually not even her office. It's the legislative aid. And he's never called me back. I've called him seven times directly. Never called me back. So we, we are using Center for Self-Governance strategy and tactics on this. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to get her out of office because she's not doing what she was called to do. She's not representing us at all. 
not representing me. She's running for me. Well, we have a little something for her. She's not going to have her job for too awful long because that's not how we roll up in here, up in here. Let me let me talk real briefly about uh, from the frying pan into the fire. Let me talk real briefly about the um, situation in Orlando. Friends, I, you know, look, I I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but let me let me just let hang on. Let's just talk about this. Why is it that when we are suspicious of something? that our government is doing called, um, you know, that, that's a conspiracy. Look, I, I think at some point or another, at a certain point, somebody needs to say, you know, I need to question how we ever got to this place of classifying suspicion of government as conspiracy theory. And, you know, of course, that's designed. That's designed to be um, pejorative. It's designed to discredit. That's what it's designed to do. That's the reality of it. But, it, but, but at some point, why do, why do we allow that? That's the language of captivity, not the language of liberty. You'll learn that in Center for Self-Governance. The language of captivity says, yeah, okay, Conspiracy theory, yeah, you don't want to say anything, you don't want to speak out about it, because it makes you look like you're a tin, tinfoil hat wearer, right? Makes you makes you seem like you're you're kind of a crazy person. Makes you seem like you might be one of those Bible toters. Makes you seem like maybe, just maybe, just maybe. You might be one of them gun cleaners. You know, we might need to do something about you here in the government. We might need to shut you down. So we're going to shut you down. We're going to shut you up. We're going to we're going to we're going to call what you're what you're doing conspiracy theory. But but you've got to ask yourself, at some point or another, the situation in Orlando has gone from crazy to crazier. Crazy to crazier, folks. And at some point, it becomes propaganda. Now, we know here's some of, the, some of the problems that we have. The shooter, Omar Mateen, the committer of this crime, Omar Mateen, he's, he's connected to G4S, which is, if you don't know, I believe it's, I don't know if they've been sold yet, but they're the kind of higher-end version, the armed version of uh, Wackenhut, I believe, G4S. So he's employed by the world's largest private security company, G4S. This is the same G4S that um, they assist in the running of Israeli prisons. Uh, there's all kinds of things that they do. They've, they've done a lot of different things. This is a company that's very, very connected. So why is this guy, this radical Muslim, why in the world is this guy 
not only connected with them, but he's employed by them. Why is that? It makes no sense at all. But this is the guy, somehow or another, he stays in that, uh, yeah, it is, is um, the Wackenhut was bought out by G4S, but um, ultimately, you know, this guy has this job. I, I mean, it's it's high level. So G4S says, uh, they, they claim Mateen was psych, uh, psychologically and psychiatrically Screened in 2007, they said Dr. Carol Noodleman, Nuttleman, did the um, did the exam. This is what they said on September 6, 2007. They said, you know, well, he was screened, and you know, there's nothing. Well, this is what the doctor says. I was not living or working in Florida in September of 2007. She said, I was not performing any work for Wackenhut, and I did not administer any type of examination to Omar Mateen. Any statement to the contrary is absolutely false. Okay, there's a problem. Lucy, we got a problem. He said he was, this is another thing. They they said he was interviewed and lured. That's what they say. They said they, they, you know, they did all they could and and this this fellow, you know, he just slipped out of our grasp. He was interviewed. We know this for sure. He was interviewed at least twice by the FBI in the last few years. But they're working to get him further involved, despite the crazy mess that how he was behaving. Tell me how Sadiq Mateen, uh, this is this is Omar Mateen's father. Tell me. How is he so well-connected that he knows U.S. congressmen? You know, he's got pictures of himself outside the State Department. He was running for the president uh, as president of Afghanistan. How is this guy so comfortable in this country? We know he's, he's pro-Taliban. He's anti-America. How is this? Tell me, tell me also, I, I just want to put this out there. How does the press – Remember? do you remember um, – do you remember San Bernardino? Do you remember you remember watching the video of the press walking through the the shooter's um, apartment? Do you remember that? Uh, you know, one of my best friends and I we've had constant conversations about this, and it's absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. That they, they were they were allowed to walk through. It doesn't make any sense at all to me. When they did it, I thought, wow, what is this? This is crazy. Why are they walking through? This is a this is a national uh, high level security investigation. Why is personal effects still there? Why are I'm looking at computers and uh, cameras? You know, what are you what are you doing? Twenty-four hours after the event, the same thing happened in Mateen's apartment. They were allowed, essentially unaccompanied. They entered, they touched, they moved, they disturbed stuff. Right on film. Whatever happened to the preservation of evidence? Whatever happened to cordoning off a crime scene? Look, if if you watch this and you say, "Well, that sounds too crazy," I don't. I just don't know that that's possible. I 
just don't know that it's possible. I don't see how it's possible. How can that be? I, I just, I don't believe it. I don't believe that there's a, how? I, I don't, it just, you can't, it's so big, right? Remember what I told you in my show opening. This, this is how it happens. It's so big. You just can't believe it. It's, we're shell-shocked by what the left does. We're shell-shocked. We think it can't be. This is ineptitude. We spend a lot of time saying they're inept. They're factless, but they're not inept or factless. They're doing exactly what they're setting out to do. It's not, well, let's say this is such hypocrisy. No, it's not hypocrisy. It's their game plan. It's their strategy. What's the real solution? Don't believe it. For the love of Pete, don't believe it. How about this? No bodies, no blood. We're told he killed 50 people. We're told he injured 53. We're not shown any real bodies of the incident. Nobody. Oh, out of respect. We got big respect now. Just like we had at Sandy. We got big respect. Big respect. Oh, for the children. We're shown scenes of people carrying out victims who right after they thought they were off camera suddenly. Oh, they couldn't walk. They got, they got one person on one thigh, one other person on another thigh, and they've got what looks like blood, a little wound, and something tied around their thigh. And they're getting carried out, and the guy in the back is laughing. Now, no offense. They're carrying them toward the club, not away from it. little problem there. But as soon as they think they're off camera, they put the guy down. And they're coking and joking and laughing. And then the guy that was being carried that couldn't walk, all of a sudden is walking like no problem. Look, you can you can see things like that. You can hear things like that. You can you can think about things like that. And then you can just cast it away. You, you can say, hey, you know what? I don't know. There's got to be an explanation. But it can't be that this is some sort of false flag or this is some sort of something. can't be that. It cannot be that. It's impossible for the, we we can't even remotely believe it could be that. No way. We can't believe it's that. We can't believe it could be that because you know what? It just can't be that. It's it's too unbelievable. Too unbelievable. I cannot fathom that it's that. I can't fathom it. Because if I try to fathom that, then I got to believe my government is doing some horrible things. Then I got to go back and question everything that I've been told that I believed. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. Because, man, if I do that, I've opened up Pandora's box. And I'm scared of what I'm going to – I'm scared of what I'm going to see. But, you know, there there were people that had blood on them or what looked to be blood. I, I, let me just – all right, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. I, I, I just – I don't know if you've ever heard the term crisis actors. You ever hear that? Crisis actors, people that go and, you know, if there's a if there's some sort of um, 
practice run for something. The government's practicing police pregnant. A lot of times they'll hire uh, crisis actors and they're trained to, to act like victims in a crisis. So we have this guy, the, the mainstream media tells us that there's a victim, Tony Sanchez. They, they're telling us he was shot four times in the back and in the hand. There's another guy, Norman Casino, who he was able to sit up right and talk to CNN, uh, CNN Anderson Cooper, that guy. It's, listen, 24 hours after being shot, he said he'd been in the hospital already for two days. Now, maybe he was so doped up he couldn't remember, but I don't know. You'd know, I think. You know, you know what about the mother of Andrew, uh, Christopher Andrew Leonin? Wanted to make it as a TV star on Wheel of Fortune. And you know what? She was happy, full of love, full of forgiveness just a few days after the event. We don't want to let hate win. Jose Colon, Sean Royster, Rosie Febo. You can actually see the wind rippling the green screen behind them. I know. I know. It's it's hard to believe. I know this is. I know this is. And I'm not saying, look, you don't have to believe it or you don't want to. It suits you. Whatever suits you. We're told that the bouncer shut the door so nobody could escape. But there's a guy by the name of Janiel Gonzalez. He was admitted by the bouncer himself, who was reportedly Luis Burbank. Why would the door be shut to prevent people from escaping? So this guy shoots. Look, I'm, I'm an adept shooter. I can tell you I have a lot of experience. 50 allegedly killed people, 53 allegedly injured no outside help. One guy. One guy in a dark, dark room. We also have multiple eyewitnesses, very few eyewitnesses that aren't just totally and completely unbelievable, but there are many eyewitnesses who say they were in the Pulse nightclub at the time of the shooting. They give accounts of multiple shooters. They say there's no way. There were more than one. We could hear that there were more than one. Could they have misunderstood that maybe the police were in there shooting it out with the guy and that people were getting killed by the police? I don't know. But something's not right. Help me understand this. Policemen are laughing during the news conference. During a press conference, they're laughing. You can watch the film of this. Look it up. It's live. I watched it. I watched it live. I was with, you know, a great, great friend, and, and we're watching it, and we both look at each other and go, what the heck? How about this? Fake doctors. Supposedly these experienced doctors, they're there. Uh, they ran a clinic together for 10 years. They were a team, trauma team. There's no photos of them together ever before the incident. None. No reviews, no Yelp reviews, no medical reviews, nothing at all in any of the doctor's lists, nothing. Look, you can look this up for yourself. I, I, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to I'm, – I'm not trying to trip you out here. 
I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm hand to God. I'm not trying to trip you out. I'm not trying to mess you up. I'm just, man, you know, we we just got to start looking at these things and saying something's not right. We got fake doctors. We got doctors who aren't doctors. We got doctors who nobody's ever heard of. This is, this, you know, one thing, maybe, two things. How about the guy that gets interviewed? He's on, he's on television. He gets interviewed. Or no, he's not on television, he, but, but uh, it's pictures of him. And this guy, uh, somehow or another, and, and I don't know, you know, he says he shot four times in the back. And another time he deflected around from getting shot in his, in his head. I don't know if you know, but but a two twenty three round isn't moved by your hand. By the way, let me say this. Having been around a lot of blood in my lifetime, guy shoots a hundred and some people, fifty are dead, forty nine, fifty are dead, fifty three are, are mortally wounded. There's there's so much blood there. There's so much blood. There's no way. You get in and get out without being covered in blood, especially if you're the, air quotes, first responders. No way. There's no way. There, there are absolutely gross inconsistencies and an absolutely impossible facts that have been given as the official account. Orlando law enforcement, FBI, the sheriff's office. I mean, I, did you did you see the the big uh, the, the, it was it was a big big thing. What does he have? A superhero hand? One of my listeners says, "His hand is superhero." By the way, it's so superhero it healed in minutes. Because the the pictures of him in the hospital, there are no holes in his hand. Listen, let me tell you, you're shot at close range. By a two two three, a five five six two two three, your hand is never going to be the same. Never, you're shot in the back. You're not laying on your back in the hospital. You're shot in the back four times. You're not laying on your back. So he shot four times in the back, and and I think he was shot in his buttocks and whatever else, and and you and you're laying on your back. And oh by the way. You know, you're fine to laugh and joke and all that stuff and tell all these stories. And you tell how many times you're shot and then you get that wrong in the same interview. By the way, why are you answering the phone? Somebody calls your your hospital room. Of course, you call the hospital and the hospital says, oh, sure. Yeah, we'll put you through to him. I'm a friend. Yeah, I'll put you through. And he answers. And he's fine. Look, I want you to understand something very, very, very important here. I mean, this is the the anomalies here, the questions here 
are beyond. I mean, it's it's the worst it's the worst mass shooting in United States history, and we're told it occurred between two and five a.m. on Sunday morning, June twelfth. It's what we're told. We're told the guy legally owned a gun because he was with G, you know, GS4. We're told that he passed his psych eval with a doctor who says, no, I never, I wasn't even there in the state. I never interviewed that guy. Help me with this. Now, I, I'm, I don't want to be gross here and I don't want to be disrespectful of the dead, but Sunday morning, June 12th, that's when this happens. So you get all day Sunday. But we're told by Sunday evening, even the next day, there were still dead people inside the club, just like the kids were reportedly left inside Sandy Hook School. Didn't they take them to a hospital? Who's going to pronounce them? What's the emergency protocol? I'm not going to be gross here, and I'm sorry to say this, but dead people start to stink in just a little bit. We're told that the the heating and air units were disabled. Yeah, by the way, this this guy's happy to talk to some random person called him up. He's just happy to hey yeah sure you're yeah yeah I'm in the hospital I was shot a whole bunch of times hurt bad yeah I mean you can't see any of my injuries. And you know what I have on regular clothes, like uh, street clothes? I know, I know. It was so nice of the hospital to let me wear my regular clothes. I love that. And that's a special hospital right there, isn't it? Now, here's a newsflash. Hospitals don't allow you to do that. Can I get an amen? They don't allow you to do that. They don't allow you to wear your own clothes. You're in a gown. Especially if you're shot in the back, guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to raise your arms above, I don't know, he's superhuman. He had a, he had a, he had a, a, a 223 or 5.56 wound from a high-power rifle, uh, very close range, and he deflected the bullet from his head. He saw it coming and, whoosh, you know, put his hands up there like that. No, 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 no. You know, you had to have heard that, you know, $6 million man. But they allow him to wear his regular pullover shirt. No problem. Put them in there. They left the dead people in there. The victims. Just left them in there. Because that's what we do. We just leave them there. News reports claimed by Sunday evening only a few of the dead had been identified. Let me just ask you something. You don't have to have an ID to vote. ID to vote. ID to vote. If you are a if you are a liberal, that's you should never have to. No one should ever have to be forced to have an ID to vote. It's racist to do that. But doesn't everybody who goes to a bar in order to get in, you got to show your ID? Sunday Sunday evening, after all day in there, only a few of the dead had been identified. You can't look in their pocket, find their ID. Well, they got to have ID to get in there. Sorry. I hate to bring this up to you, bend your brain, but that's the truth. But by 8 p.m., all the names were in. And you know what? Anderson Cooper, openly gay guy, on CNN, 
tearfully read the names. And then all of a sudden, a full list was put on Wikipedia. Somehow or another, some, you do with this what you want to do. News footage showed no dead people. Nobody actually visually injured. No ambulances rushing to the screen uh, scene. No colored tri- triage tarps. No EMT swarming. Nothing else that said a massacre occurred. Nothing. A few air quotes enter victim. There's someone casually walking or being carried away from the club. One guy was dumped in the back of a pickup truck for transport to the hospital. The only problem is they weren't going toward the hospital. And over and over and over, they play these on television, just like Sandy Hook. No dead bodies. We have a parade of witnesses now, sobbing. They don't have any tears. Totally unconvincing. The greatest massacre in history, man, you'd be convincing, wouldn't you? You were in there. How about Luis Barbano? He gave interviews to several media outlets soon after the shooting. Air quotes. How about Carlos Arredondo? Boston Marathon fame. Remember him? Barbano became the face of courage under duress, reportedly removing his shirt to wrap it around a man's arm and tying another piece of clothing to the man's leg. Said he put a syringe. This is on CNN. Put a syringe on the man's arm but then corrected to say it was a tourniquet. By the way, he's an actor. No, I'm not saying he's an actor. He's an actor. If you look him up, Luis uh, Barbano is a professional actor. You look him up on IMDb, professional actor. His headshots, there's all that stuff. How about the scripted official, uh, you know, I mean, you can't listen to or watch what these officials are saying it's scripted it's strange it's how about geraldine thompson tells us that she's the senator for district that includes the pulse nightclub in tallahassee can i just can i can i can i just interject the pulse nightclub is in orlando not tallahassee how come fundraising efforts they're underway all I mean, it's super fast, super fast on behalf of the air quotes victims. Patty Sheehan, Orlando City Commissioner, she assures us that there's already people out there raising money. And in less than 24 hours, a fundraising page was set up for the victims, had raised their way over this, $1.3 million. How about... Um, Yahoo listings and other things uh, talking about the shooting that are dated June 11th, the day before the shooting. He's reportedly, by the way, the shooter is reportedly Omar Sadiq Mateen. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's a Florida resident, but he's born in New York. His parents are from Afghanistan. He was supposedly a, a vehemently anti-gay, according to his father, you know, the guy we can super trust. I mean, does that sound cool to you? I don't know. He's supposedly, Omar Mateen is supposedly on the FBI's radar. We've already talked about that. But the, the feds didn't connect these dots. This intelligence behemoth that's out there, we can't connect these dots? 
We can't put two and two together. $50 billion a year, 16 intelligence agencies. Tamerlan Sarnayev, he was known to authorities too, the Boston bomber. So was Mateen. Let him do what he's going to do. He said he had two guns. This is Mateen here. He supposedly had two guns, a, uh, a Sig Sauer AR-15 and a Glock handgun. All the other mass killers, they buy their guns legally, man. This is what they do. Oh, no, they, they did all the licensing. They got all the background checks. Yeah. Meanwhile, at least eight of the gunmen in the past have criminal histories and documented mental health problems. Didn't prevent them from obtaining their weapons. Mateen's the same way. He fit the profile. He had mental health issues out the wazoo, according to his ex-wife. Supposedly had to be rescued from their marriage by their parents, by her parents. You crazy man. But you know what? He was self-radicalized. He's a lone wolf. He's homegrown. He's not part of Islam or ISIS or any of that stuff. No. Called 911. 20 minutes into the attack, pledged allegiance to ISIS. Mentioned the Boston bombers. By the way, we can't listen to that tape because it hasn't been released. Nobody in the club think to jump the killer? I did a post. Go to theninjapastor.com. Go to theninjapastor.com backslash blog, or just go click on the blog section. Three hours to die. I talk about this. Nobody could tackle him during that whole time. Couldn't throw a beer bottle at him. Nothing. Nobody could do anything. But he's killed by the police. You know, the police go in, uh, and you know what? Oh, there was one police officer. A bullet was deflected by his Kevlar helmet. Thank goodness. Whew. Look, there's a lot more to this, and and I, I, I'm out of time, which I hate that. It's just the time flies. I, I, I could do a three-hour show. I have, you know, another hour coming to me, but um, two hours is about the most I can do. But, look, I'm, I'm just going to tell you. You and I both know. We know this isn't real. What do you do? First of all, you question everything. Centerforselfgovernance.com. Thecenterforselfgovernance.com. You go there. You get plugged in. Do it now. Don't wait around. Seriously, don't wait around. You pay attention. Don't be super fast to make your judgment. I'm sorry I didn't get to everything today, the blockbuster book by the Secret Service agent. I'll get to that, I promise you. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. Our next show is on Sunday. Listen, our last show uh, this past Sunday was so well received. It's number one number of downloads that I have ever had on a Sunday show. Listen to that. It's commercial free. It's only one hour. Um, it, it is about the long suffering of God. It'll bless you. I know that it will. It's free of charge. It doesn't cost you anything. Tell your friends about this. Send them to the ninjapastor.com. Send them to Facebook. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at the Ninja Pastor. Get plugged in. Sign up for a CSG class. I'm not fooling around. This is a real deal. Thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate it. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.
Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drseangreener.com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.